it do? It's your boy Robin, and we're back with a brand new episode of the Never Jaded Podcast. I'm with my co-host right here, Kyle. What's good, man? Hey, man, what's up? It, it, it feels good to finally be official official with our rebrand yeah. 2.0 mm-hmm. because we had a 1.0 and I don't know what I don't know what happened I don't know if I didn't do a thorough research but when I tried to change the name on anchor the name was taken so I was like oh what the frick so I like I looked it up and I'm like there's already a podcast with this name which we're not going to mention here no free press no free promo <laughs> on this podcast okay yeah. That's why this is the 2.0, but we're finally there. We made it. It's finally official, and it kind of worked out because I actually like the new name better. What do you think? Yeah, I think branding-wise, mar- graphics, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. our current podcast name will work so much better than the previous one that we have, so mm-hmm. I think it's good. We're off to a great start. We got the first episode going in the first, like, our first branding Mm-hmm. of never jaded we got manga man and now today we have a really special guest as well mm-hmm. we've had some i don't know what it was but we 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 got lucky with our first two official guests mm-hmm. uh, um manga man from macau who's uh amazing jenga stacker content creator streamer second episode we got vong from yeah, vong. toronto the triple certified og mm-hmm. and he's og you better listen to that episode okay yeah, he's gangster <laughs> so i gotta it was kind of funny because we had two amazing guests which we didn't really know them right so i just kind of hit them up mm-hmm. and they're like yo i'm down and we had an amazing interview so i was feeling myself a little bit i was like yo I, we're we, we're unstoppable right now you know everybody wants to be on our podcast so i asked like two other people potential guests one didn't answer back one was like i'll check it out and get back to you right so it's still pending maybe so i was like oh damn we're not hot yet so if you're listening and you've been following us and you've been you've been liking the type of content we've been doing we have one request please follow us on instagram we have a new instagram now right that needs some love mm-hmm. we don't we need some numbers you know you want to see numbers help you want to see us bring in like cool stories from cool guests. Sometimes we need a little bit of leverage, right? You know? Mm-hmm. So give us a follow, give us a subscribe on Spotify, get our numbers up. Yeah, we, we want some, we want some clout to help us like get, get more interesting guests. We need some and, clout. And, and I mean, if you follow the Instagram, you can see Robin's um, vector creation for every episode. It's pretty dope. Yeah, so every episode or every every guest is going to get an amateur ve- vector drawing from y- yours truly, okay? So that's the <laughs> that's the hook for people that want to come on our show. But anyways, back to my story. So I was trying to get all these guests and, you know, I've been getting some rejections. So I had to I had to re-strategize, okay? I was like, "Hold up, hold up." Kyle, pre-COVID, you know, you know your boy was out here, right? Yep, yep, yep. You know your boy is out here networking, okay, mm-hmm. socializing, out here meeting people. So I'm like, hold up, I know a lot of people. 
I got a little network going. That's why I was like, I had to ask our guest today because I've been connecting with her recently and we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But you know what? Let's just bring her in. Welcome to the show, our good friend, Sandra, a.k.a. Ice Misto. What's good? Hey. <clears throat> ah, hey. <laughs> Sorry. Did, um, I, did I pronounce your name right? Cause I, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 100%, and, and yeah. The funny thing we, we asked earlier, <laughs> so, so yeah, we got it right, I hope. Yeah. That yeah, was going to be my first question because what exactly is an iced misto? I thought it was like, you know, there's, I thought it was like a miso soup thing going <laughs> on, but I was like, oh, do they do that iced? Or maybe it's like a coffee that I don't know. I'm not very cultured, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I like espresso coffee in general. So um, my friend and I um, in the junction would go to coffee shops. And in general, I would go for an Americano. Um, that's ice because it's summer. And then I noticed there's on the menu uh, ice misto. And I explained or like I asked the bar, so what's that? And they said it was an Americano with just they are serving the the cream or no the the milk into the cup and that's you're, you're paying extra for the barista to do it but it makes this little fog um <laughs> comes down <laughs> um and i was with my best friend and when i was like just checking out he just was mind blown it's like ice miss toe miss toe <laughs> that's my last name and he was just like mind blown that like i should use that um, and it's also, I looked it up and it's also a Canadian thing. It's like BC, Ontario made, made this or like they use oh. ice misto. So it made it even more sense that since me being Canadian to use this name and it sounds ice cold, cool to be used as a, a DG name. So yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing uh, <laughs> way to get a name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, uh, Sandra here is a DJ and also a dancer from Toronto. Um, so to give some context of how I met Sandra, I actually met her a few years back, maybe even more. I think the first time, or maybe I've even seen you around before. I just never really met you officially. But uh, from my memory, I remember my friend uh, DJ Coco came to visit from Japan um, and she was spinning at this party and she's like, Oh yeah, just come through, come hang out. And I'm like, and, and I remember going through that night and that's when I, the first time I met Sandra, uh, you know, we introduced ourselves, but you know, we never really connected. And then, um, I think it was like a couple years back. I saw some page, I can't remember on Instagram, it was some sort of Toronto creative creator page where they featured um, Sandra um, for one of their posts. And I'm like, oh, I, I know that girl. Okay, so I gave her a follow. She followed back. We still never really connected uh, over socials until recently, okay? So, uh, Kyle, this is a whole new thing that I just discovered, okay? Uh, you know how long I've been on Instagram. You know, most of my content is what? Like, uh, uh, I post my breakdancing, mm -hmm. right? Recently, or not recently, for the past couple years, I have one succulent plant, okay? <laughs> so I can't even, I don't know if I'm even qualified as a plant dad because that guy is always on the verge of death, okay? So 
like this thing is just growing and my leaves just keep dying. So then one day out of nowhere, I'm just like, I'm just going to post it and just like, hey, could anybody, you know, give me some pointers on my on my <laughs> stories? And you know what's the first thing I notice, Kyle? Girls are like they love plants, eh? Because like I post I post my dancing stories all the time. Okay, no females are messaging me. All right, it's all, it's all homies. Like, yeah, that's sick. You know, it's all the dudes showing love. No females. Okay, as soon as I, I as soon as I post one succulent story, right, and it's not even like it's not even like the the guy's dying. Okay, the guy's dying. Right, I get like at least three to four females messaging me. It's like, oh, it's so cute, uh, or giving me tips. Right. But Sandra actually hooked it up. She's like, oh, this is what you got to do, you know. So she gave me all the pointers, uh, uh, tutorials. Now my, my boy, my boy is back to life right now. Okay? Oh, my boy, Yeah. So Sandra <laughs> helped revive my one succulent plant. Um, so that's how we started connecting through plants. She was, the, she was the doctor that you needed for your plant. So Sandra is... Is this is this something I gotta get into? Like, it, do do guys get extra points if they're plant dads? <laughs> it could be. There's actually a whole. There, one, there's a whole calendar. Two, there's a zine of like plant daddies, and whoa, the whoa, zine whoa. features gardeners um, and like mostly men naked posing with their garden of like plants, um, and it's it's really. It's really nice, actually. Yeah. Well, so, so, so you're telling me, wait, hold on. So you're telling me my grandpa, who loves gardening and stuff, he could be a plant daddy. Yeah, he but is a so plant daddy. Right. Wow. Yeah. I did not know this community. Sandra, how, how did you get into plants? Because I see, you know, you gave me a lot of great information. And I even noticed you have an Instagram of plants. Yep. You just told me pre pre interview that you spent three hundred dollars on soil alone yep. <laughs> this past weekend. So tell us <laughs> before we get into your other creative stuff. Tell us first, like, how did you get into the world of plant daddies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, at, at first, as a kid, I hated gardening. My parents were farmers, like in general, like my cousins were. Um, and my chore was to water the plants. And if I forgot, I would get a earful of it and other things probably. Um, and yeah, I was just like, I, I just didn't like the chore, especially if there was bugs and pests. I was like, why do we have plants? If you're going to like complain about pests, cause of course they're going to bring in pests. Um, and then I lived in an area that like had a lot of, uh, forestry in Toronto and then I I never realized how much that was taken for granted as someone with asthma because when I started to live in downtown on my own um, given the construction and all the concrete I start my asthma started getting worse um, and then also I'm like dancing all the time and not using my puffer so that's another thing um, and every night I would have asthma attacks right at two and right at five um, because I guess that's when spores are out or whatnot and then I went to a plant store and bought three plants, a ZZ uh, jade plant and um, a snake plant, um, because the owner said those are like pretty good to take 
to take care of and they're good at air purifying. And within three days in my bedroom, I stopped having asthma attacks at night. And I thought that was magic because it it was always such a nightmare to just wake up and not know if you're going to like keep on breathing in the next few hours. So it's like, and then I just got obsessed and now I have so many plants, <laughs> so, so many <laughs> plants, <laughs> um, including a balcony garden and um, everything out there is edible or I hope it will be by the end of the summer. So yeah, that's that's how I got into Ice Misto Plants on Instagram. <laughs> um, well, it wasn't yeah. out of a necessity to like try to get better in terms of your asthma. It wasn't like, oh, it's so pretty or anything that is just like, oh, I think it could help me with my asthma. And just like, oh, it actually does work. And now you're full in like to the point where you have an Instagram page for your plants. Because normally people have an Instagram page for their pets. <laughs> but instead you have plants lots of them it's pretty impressive yeah and they're mostly tropical plants and at first i was like just really interested on like asian plants um and then their origins and le learning about that and then learning about any like ethical um things about them because i know like now the pandemic is creating this plant craze um and there's actually like endangering species because everyone wants to buy a single leaf plant from Singapore for $300 that's not rooted and I think that's nuts but yeah it's like there's an ethical issue because of this now too <laughs> sounds like a business idea for uh, Kyle over here who's in Singapore <laughs> $300 but it's like how, how do people even get into it in their start though like with the pandemic and stuff like what sparked it is there like a single influencer or is it people keep seeing plants everywhere like I know we know how you got into it, but like for like general people like Robin or anyone that saw it and then be like, oh, I want to do it. Where did they see it? Uh, I think it's just like people wanting to bring outside inside being in Ooh. lockdown all the time. And it just it kind of makes sense that people want to feel a little bit like they're not stuck completely or like it makes it feel homey. And then when they with Instagram and TikTok probably and just like as they learn what how to take care of a plant, they realize, oh, there's a whole like subculture on this. And like, there's all these rare plants that look really pretty and I could get really famous with this and get affiliation and sponsorship and yeah, <laughs> clout <laughs> for having a pink plant or like a white variation of some plants. It's. I feel like the especially in urban settings, it's like it's naturally stressful, right? Everything's like concrete. There's no color, right? There's like exhaust fumes everywhere, right? So it's like that's what sparked me to be like, hey, hey, but I could grow some plants, you know? Like it's like that small connection to nature. Yeah. Um. Another thing I I forgot to mention, but like I I had a lot of anxiety and panic attacks when moving into the city and that helped me reduce it a lot. And def mm -hmm. definitely nature helps reduce that. And I think a friend told me how like, even if you put your hands in soil, it there's actually a scientific proven fact that it would reduce your stress levels down if you just touch soil. I feel like I'm gonna have to put my finger in my succulent plant after this <laughs> interview. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into a little bit about your other creative sides, okay? 
Um, I know you're a dancer and a DJ. What, which one came first? Um, this is kind of like a several part answer. So okay. like, um, first the interest came from watching much music and seeing electric circus, which Ooh. is a combination oh, okay. of DJing and dancing. Um, yeah, okay. so, just like really cool just seeing how the dancers were dancing and there's different features of like different crews and like of course different kind of dancing and then also seeing how the dj was also being featured where they come from what they do um so i enjoyed watching the interviews and like just seeing how they would orchestrate that like event segment and i thought that was really cool how much they had so much control and how and how old flows. were you when you witnessed this Probably four to like four. Six. Oh, yeah. wow. So <laughs> yeah. that's early. So, so even during then, that early, you're like, yo, uh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You, yeah. you remember that thought. Yeah. I mean, I also wanted to be a video game animator back then, too. But like, oh, I, I just thought ambitious it was cool. four-year-old, yeah. you know? I think yeah. I, was just, I just wanted some McDonald's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you from Toronto? Because I don't recognize, like, not to say like you know I I Mr. Toronto or anything, but like you know I came up as a in in the hip hop scene as well. But I don't really think I remember you, uh, um, when I when I came up. Where are you from? The city? Yes, I am from Jane and Weston. Um, oh, <laughs> that's my okay. hood. Um, it, there's also a reason. I get that a lot actually. A lot of people be like, I don't know where you came from, but you just popped out of nowhere and like, yeah, just, <laughs> just started making events like crazy. Um. And part of that is because, yeah, I'm super shy. Uh Um, And if so, that comes to the second part of the question, where in for dance, um, me and my cousin would try to break. And then that was like when I was 12 or we were 12. And then we started popping um, and we did that at Street Dance Academy, uh, Queen and Spadina. Okay, yes. With Frank Boogie. Um, Okay. And then eventually I start volunteering there in, I think it was 2011. Um, so I was receptionist there and I, that's where I learned a lot about street dance and club dance. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And I would be, be behind the desk and I, I was so mousy, like super, like no one remembers <laughs> me. I remembers everyone's name. Yeah. I was kind of like a, a fangirl of a lot of dancers in secret and just like would follow everyone's like videos occasionally i'd be going at events but i would not talk to anybody i'm just like the spectator and i'm just like yeah interesting I, okay yeah and then at some point i like the only people that knew me is the classes that i took um mm-hmm. and they would like have a hard time trying to get me to vocalize anything mm-hmm. um eventually uh, fly lady die jojo zelina those were the two that and mayhem, they would help me to like come out of my shell um, and taught mm-hmm. me how to do things and like just be like you don't have to be afraid. Tafaya is also someone who like was like don't like be afraid of like talking to people or just like go because you want to because I would I would think that I don't really fit it enough to go to these events because I'm mm. not battling or whatnot. Yeah. I just wanted to like be part of it it's like yeah you could totally do that you're allowed to do that <laughs> but it was so intimidating back then and like yeah yeah it must be um yeah what what so what styles of dances were you mainly doing um so 
in terms of going to events, I was actually going to a lot of breaking and popping events. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Went to a lot of UBL stuff um, and like funk events and stuff. And okay. I would I would go to um, Andy Pool Hall, but I would be on the other side, on the pool side where no one was really dancing because I felt really shy to go into the part where people were dancing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then eventually I found House and Whacking and that really helped me feel comfortable with myself and just like it was more freeing and um, it wasn't very a spotlight kind of dance unless you were battling. So I mm-hmm. like that about that. Um, it seems like, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a real nerdy dance type of uh, <laughs> section it. but uh, uh it it does seem like you know within the last decade or so um in toronto because when i when i started i i started breaking in 05 was when i first started and there wasn't really a scene for like outside of breaking there wasn't really maybe there was i don't like i didn't really know much about um or heard much about events for other dance styles, but it seems like within like the last decade, there there has been a growth in in the other dance styles. Because I always see events like, or you know, pre COVID, I would see events for like all styles for this or house this, uh, and I'm like, oh shoot, there's like a scene emerging out here, you know? Uh, it, it, what is there a difference that you notice within? Um, that type of scene versus the breaking? Yeah. Um, okay, so for breaking, I mean, the initial thought, especially as a woman, is uh-huh. that it's predominantly male, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, house and, I mean, whacking is a style. It's, uh, for those who don't know, whacking and punking is a disco style made by queer men. Um, so, it's kind of natural that a lot of queer folks and also women feel really connected to whacking and pucking. Um, so it's very similar to Vogue um, and it's popularized by Soul, uh, Soul Train. Um, so whacking didn't really come that much popular in Toronto until, I don't know the initial year, but Warehouse Jacks, specifically Emily Law brought in um, Archie Burnett uh, to Street Dance Academy, and then also Jojo Zelina and Fly Lady Die also started teaching uh, whacking with Emily Law as well. So there wasn't that many teachers that was teaching in Toronto until they trained in New York and brought it over here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Montreal also get a lot of credit for bringing whacking to Montreal, and they also have a very strong whacking scene there. Mm. Um, so those are fair. I would. Yeah, say that it's very early on around when you were saying how like the past decade has like you've seen a lot of more disco funk battles Mm -hmm. Um, for house. It's been around. It's just like it's such a feel feel good kind of culture in general. Um, So for those who don't know what house is, it's a lot of footwork. Um, There's also some a style called lofting that gets integrated, which looks like um water bending breaking (laughs) basically um and you do it to house music um and it's you you would do it at a club and as a very social dance where you would um 
dance with somebody just like a stranger and you move on to the next and ciphers happen um, or not happen. And yeah, so it's it when it comes to battles, it tends to be that, too. It's very free spirited mm-hmm. and just exchange of energy as opposed to like, hey, look at me. I could do this better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a good difference between like those kind of battles um, for whacking those battles end up being expression of like a, a alter ego, which is really fun to watch. I highly recommend looking up whacking battles. And if you could see one in person one day, it's like, it's very, like, very entertaining. Um, and um, whacking is like one of the number one reason I'm able to like, even just vocalize my thoughts and stuff. Mm-hmm, it really mm-hmm. helped me with my like self-esteem and, um, confidence and because of those two scenes is like why i'm so really active on making events and Mm -hmm. um, djing for like those kind of styles because back then all styles used to be just breaking uh music funk hip-hop and it's a no-brainer why a popper like a b-boy b-girl or a hip-hop dancer would win because they get their music so mm. that that's partly why I started DJing for the street dance club dance scene, because mm-hmm. like I just felt like there was a lack of representation for, especially for dance battles in Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah. Hearing how you mentioned it, I could definitely see the difference of like the break dancing battles that Robin kind of tells us and like the homies about what what he gone through. Like it's always about oh, trying one up each other, the aggressions, kind of try to beat the other one up, like with our moves and stuff. But for yours kind of battles, like very wholesome, where it's like just exchange of vibes, exchange of energy and expression. Yeah. That's great. That's the thing where with breaking, it was just so competitive that, you know, sometimes it was hard to separate that you know like because like now even now like sometimes i'll talk to people that i i i see in the scene and i was like wow why, why, why was i such a dick to you you know like you know like like we're talking to like oh you're, you're cool we're cool you know like but then back then it's like i walk in i walk in the gym and i'm like fuck this guy you know his swag's not better than me you know he's got no flavor his form's off you know it's like i'm coming in like from the jump i'm walking in the door with such negative energy right so uh, you guys say you're so like supportive and loving, but is there, um, does it get competitive as well? I think so. Um, well, and like, I think it's so hard to say because everyone has like their own style and like, mm. uh, for Toronto specifically, it doesn't feel as competitive as other cities does. Uh, oh. or maybe because I'm an outsider. So when I, if I mm-hmm. go to, uh, Montreal, you could definitely feel the battle mode. There. Oh really? Um, yeah. Not in a cutthroat kind of way, but you could see that everyone's getting into their persona, and like I'm ready to like to to win this. <laughs> Montreal's pretty raw. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. When I reflect back to battles, they're always so like sassy, but not like bitchy. Mm. If if I could describe it, um, yeah. so it's like more like I could do this like way like better than you but with like a smirk rather uh, than like okay um i'm gonna like cut you yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. Think, I think that i think yeah. the difference would be where for yours all style is like well me know we can bring it we're gonna be sassy on stage and then once we're done we could turn it off but for the b-boys it's always like 
I I'm gonna bring that energy, and then if I win or lose, I'm still gonna take it personal. That kind of thing. It was always yeah. Uh, yeah it was pretty. One, right? It was pretty rough. And like, and then maybe Sandra, you have an idea. Like, why do you think? Like, I because th- I think it's specific to Toronto. Because like, when I when when I went to Vancouver. The scene is completely different. The in in terms of b boy, everybody's friendly. Everybody's is it the supportive. water? Is it the water? I don't know. <laughs> like, what is it about Toronto? Like, why are we such haters out here? You know, uh, especially in the hip hop scene. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's, I just only hear because I, I didn't come from the era where it was like very heavy crew oriented without the uh-huh. social media. Right. Um. But it it sounded like based on what I hear from Toronto OGs, it's just that's how you got better. It's like my crew is better than yours. And if you think I could do better, then let's take it outside and we'll see in that way too. <laughs> um, and there's sometimes that people, people back then actually miss it, that it's not that extreme anymore because it made them be more creative and innovative. And, you know, like the origami style, was like mm-hmm. something that Toronto's known for, and part of that is coming from that cutthroat era. From what I hear, I I'm not from the breaking scene, but that's just yeah. what I hear. It's like they actually do miss the aggress- aggressive kind of style, <laughs> and maybe it just stems from that. Actually, that that might be a good question for Sandra because, uh, like again, like even for myself, I'm even now I'm saying yo it was pretty toxic but like yo it did make me a lot better you know cuz like I hated losing I hated someone being better than me so it's like man fuck this guy you got to go practice you know so um in an environment where it's like super friendly and supportive like how how do you find that how do you um feel your competitive drive then in that like how do you guys do it Personally, I don't do battles anymore. (laughs) I just, I just DJ them. Uh, It's funny because I had this conversation with somebody earlier today and it's just like, I just don't really battle because of the music um, Mm -hmm. that I might expect. It's now I only dance. Well, I mean, there's no clubs right now, but I would dance in a club environment because that's how I like to free myself. Right, Um, right, right place like Coco's Jam is exactly how I got really interested in dance and like why I wanted to train Mm -hmm. um it's just gaining this stamina and same with footprints those those kind of like free form kind of like events is like what really really piqued my interest in dance in general Mm -hmm. um in terms of what I see and then observe for like other competitors I think it's almost the same it's like they they want to do a idea um and like just connect themselves in some way and show it in a battle form um and i think that changes when it comes to like people from out of town um and then their their i guess like reason for battling changes a little bit and then it it pushes them even more so i think i see the push when it comes to like an outsider coming in and then they get Mm -hmm. inspired on like what they can do better and i think with um everything being locked down now it's like it's kind of more accessible to uh be part of programs that are not from toronto or like people who are like teaching although it's not like the best way to like learn from zoom it's like it's kind of really interesting on how that 
is more accessible to dancers now. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting that you brought that up. Like, how do you feel about the digital age now? You know, because like, mm. you know, if you talk to some of these OGs, they'd be like, no, you cannot learn from Zoom. You have to be there to feel the vibe, you know, to get the, you know, like, um, but as someone who's like part of this technology age, how do you feel about it? Uh, why not really like it? <laughs> Because you do like it. I well, for me personally, I like it because Twitch has been a really great platform for me before even the pandemic because I was really into StarCraft 2 and really into StarCraft in general, Brood Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, so I used to stream, and then when lockdown hits, it's like, okay, I could definitely DJ online on Twitch. Um, so I started doing that and I paused and then I, I just became a spectator on Twitch. And just getting everything so i'm like diverting a bit but i <laughs> twitch has so many djs that i love mm-hmm. like scratch bassett and terry hunter mm-hmm. and it's all free and this is the same in dance too there's some some dancers that i look up to and they're they're showing free workshops on their um instagram page at the beginning of the pandemic and now they're doing zoom uh, more of like a private setting i would say it's like more of like um the popular route yeah um, as someone who did curate um dance workshops online group settings is hard because not everyone has the best internet like it's not accessible to everybody mm. yeah. so the timing is like really important you can't tell if someone is on time or they're struggling with time um and you sometimes you can't even see if they're they're dancing the way that you're teaching it because they're lagging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is a struggle. Uh, but I find that private setting and also kind of like the the IG version where it's just showing the dancer that you could just go back and like try to like recreate it um, or like try to like learn from that recording it helps in that way um Mm -hmm. and just having more content and it it helps the dancer or instructor like gain content so you're you're for it you're 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 not like a traditionalist where you know like you know like uh uh you know i I used to try to make beats right and uh, you know there's certain producers who are like hey 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 vinyls only no youtube no youtube rips you know but then it's yeah. like you know there's people that came up like say girl wanda who's like yeah i just use youtube and you know uh fruity loops or whatever right and so it's like there's a there's you know there's uh the new school guys where it's like hey use whatever if it sounds dope it sounds dope so you're more of that class yeah. um because because like okay here here's another example i you know on youtube i you know i follow Red Bull, you know, uh, Red Bull does a lot of dance events. Um, and then they had, um, and earlier this year, they had uh, battles over like Zoom or, you know, video, video, video conference. Right. And then, you know, I, it, to me, it was whatever, you know, it was, it was fun to watch. Mm. It's entertaining. But there are, you know, certain B boys that would look at that and be like, no, that's whack. That's whack, <laughs> you know. So what's your thoughts on, any content is just cool. Who cares? Or there's a lot. Or just, or just, this is what we will have until 
it opens up again. And then after that, we'll forget about this. Yeah, I think that's what it is, Kyle. It's like, this is something that we kind of should take advantage of. Mm. Um, and that's like a way of connecting. Like, I'm, of course, I much prefer DJ in real life. Um, mm. Actually, like when it comes to Twitch, I, I do just DJ with just me playing music. But I, I struck the reason why I took a hiatus is because I took it was kind of a struggle to um, DJ just for me, but at the same time for other people. It's like I would rather do either or. It's like, is this mm. a, a recording for me or is this mm. just for other people? And if it's for people, I can't see them other than yeah. some emojis. Yeah. You don't get that. That's another <laughs> thing. It's like without the live events, you don't feel the mm. energy. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I was I was going to ask, like, by you just DJing on your own on Twitch and stuff, it's real hard to feel the vibe, feel like what's what they're into. You can see if they're actually dancing to it or not, are feeling yeah. the beats and stuff. So how do you kind of prepare to do those kind of um, push sets? Because, or are you just going to be like, basically, I'm going to do a recording for myself and that's it. Yeah. Like, um, what's the process? Yeah. Like I did a couple of things experimenting how I feel about it. So um, at the beginning, I wanted to do Zoom parties and DJ with that. And I've like made overlays where I would be able to see a bunch of people dance to my music. And it's fairly high quality how I, I threaded it through. And that helped a lot. So like usually when I curate music, it's like there's a little bit of a beginning and a little bit of an end that I curate the music. And then the in-between is actually energy oriented. Um, so that was like really hard to transition into an online platform where it's like, I need to actually like curate the whole thing now <laughs> mm. uh, without the Zoom party. So in that sense, I was trying to figure out what would be um, when I press re like that I'm streaming, what am I DJing? Like, what do I feel? Um, and generally I connected more to like soul, funk, disco um, over the pandemic. So that was like something I was okay with DJing. Um, and then eventually like, Sometimes I feel more healthy. So like I have like a segment on Tuesdays where I do like uh, funk disco at the beat for one hour and then house for the other half. So um, that worked out. Um, but before then I was like playing what I would play, which is like kind of like selection kind of sound cloudy music. I, mm -hmm. I used to play a lot, um, but it doesn't feel right without being in a club setting because that's very clubby kind of music. Um, so like, I would listen to that on my own, but DJing it, it just feels really strange. It doesn't feel right. Mm, so, mm. so you're, it actually, the internet setting actually changes the way your music sounds. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, t I mean, we've been going everywhere in every direction. We talked a lot about dance. I'm, I apologize, Kyle, you know? Oh, no, uh, I love it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I probably just sound like a jaded, retired dancer now, you know, from all the, know, but it's <laughs> the Toronto that, scene. That, that, but uh, that, that's fine. I mean, they need that perspective. <laughs> let's yep. talk, let's talk more about the DJing. Um, so how did you actually get started DJing and where, and, and how did you start learning? Um, Okay, and that I guess it goes to like the part two of the DJing um, mm. journey. So Electric Circus came first, and then I went to All Ages um, in Toronto, so, so in like government and stuff. And instead of dancing, I would actually like watch the DJ. So these are parties. Thing. 
Yeah. Uh, what kind of music were they playing? Um, I would go to like the trance hard style. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. Yo. Above and beyond kind of oh. stuff, you know? Oh, okay. See, to see, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm, I feel like I'm the only Asian in Toronto that doesn't listen to trance. <laughs> Because, like, I don't know anything about that scene. All, all, all my friends do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so so you actually got into it through EDM. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of. Like, I was more interested in the DJ sense there. Yeah. Um, and But the great thing about government is that there's so many little rooms with other DJs. And that's how okay. I got exposed to, like, other kinds of DJing, too. So, like, I would dance a little but Mostly, like, I'm just kind of just watching the DJ um doing their thing and how events are okay um and then it felt so different between me going to these kind of parties versus like going to a battle like the music are so different and how it's like curated um and then while that kind of like era of sandra was happening i was i got my little tiny controller and my cousin and my boyfriend at the time uh, we would do two kind of parties. Uh, we do a backyard party where I play hard style trance and top 40. Um, and that was like for me and my friends and their friends. And then the other kind is like that we would get hired to do is like sweet 16s. And I played like salsa, bachata, um, because like what's sweet time, 16s? Um, like people's six, sweet 16 birthday party. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's mostly a Latin celebration, um, oh, kind of like. Oh, era okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I played a lot in Latin music back then. So I was versed in quite a bit. And it's really hard to DJ like Latin stuff because there's there's a different kind of groove. And I learned, mm-hmm. what I learned from there was like, it's very similar to f- funk music DJing. And um, yeah, so it was really cool learning it that way. Um, and we also started getting turntables back then. So it was still like very separate from wow. dance and DJing yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, and but then what I made start- you, but what made you like take that step into, yo, I, let me get, let me get one of those decks and start doing it. Cause like, even, even for me, I, I've always like thought it was cool, but yeah. I never like, Oh yeah, I gotta because it, it always seems so expensive to me, right? It was like yeah. I gotta commit. If I if I get into this, I have to commit. I'm not spending a thousand dollars and not DJ, you know. So like, what made you take that commitment? A breakup. <laughs> a oh, breakup oh, okay. <laughs> with mm. that said boyfriend. Oh. So, um, <laughs> like he had the gear, um, and then that made me it's like I need to get like a better paying job and get my own gear. So I did that. Um, on top of that, um, my mentors were traveling and they had events and they, I was helping them, um, do their events. Oh, okay. And at one point they're like, I can't do this event that I'm planning anymore. Um, I have this OG, you take care of them and my apartment. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this OG is uh, Tyrone Proctor. He's one of like, um, the main face of whacking at the time. Um, and there's also other uh, creators and influencers of whacking, but he was a major help to me on making this event, which I called Experience Point. Mm-hmm. It it had Smash Brothers as a competition. Okay. Um, and it had uh, All Styles 2v2, House 1v1, and uh, Whacking 1v1. 
Um, so, but my goal for this jam was for newbies to feel comfortable to compete for someone like someone like me. Um, and another goal was to merge the breaking and all style scene. So Ooh. I had DK from Psycho Schematics to be a host. Mm -hmm. um, I had Adrian Chan, Soul Selecta, um, for uh, breaking mm -hmm. um, DJ. I also had G Fun for popping, Makiko for from Warehouse Jacks for um, house, and then myself debuting for like as like a street dance DJ. Um, I like DJ my own event. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was a success. And that was how I got myself into as like a street dance DJ, I suppose. Mm. Um, but they knew me as a house DJ back then. And then Waterloo had a jam called Community. Um, and they would have their local DJ um, from Waterloo uh, DJing. But it would be, again, like I was listening to how it was just mostly either assumption that it's going to be funk or hip hop or top 40 um, mm -hmm. to be played. And it's just like, of course, like, again, whacking house um, dancers don't have a chance. Um, and I volunteered for one of their jams as like an all style DJ. And that's how I got really into it because everyone was like really impressed that if there was a popper that was on for prelims, I'd play a popping song. If there was oh. a whacking DJ, I would play a disco song. Like I was really yeah. on the ball on like making sure in prelims that you feel comfortable with your music. Right, right. So it sounded like a natural progression into your DJing because of your background in dance, that mm -hmm. you knew the style of music, you know what people are generally vibing to at these sort mm -hmm. of jams, and you just you just like music yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I... And I think you made it to a point where it's like you're like the dancer's favorite DJ because you gotta play their yeah. song that you know helps them like do better, help them like feel the vibe better, and it's like that's I think that's super important as a DJ being able to play song for your audience, and that's impressive. So what was the what was your learning curve like then in terms of um, DJing? Um, were there certain DJs that you really liked at that era that you try to like mimic or you know or is it just like the ogs in in the dance community like what uh, was that like yeah um uh, in terms of learning the technical aspect that would be mostly youtube um because i was too shy to ask for help i guess wow um okay. but in terms of influences i have a lot of influences so mm -hmm. i mean it's dirty dale one very like number one because he's a dancer and a dj but also like when he djs you could see him loving the music and also expelling his like happy energy onto the dance floor and mm -hmm, it's very mm -hmm. like you, you could it's it's an experience for sure um so that's dirty dale um in terms of like a curation and stuff um like be bad and Mars, like they take, you could hear that they care a lot about how the curation goes and the flow goes between and at the battle, like the energy that they choose for certain aspect of the events. Um, and like footprints I put in a high level. So it's Jason Palma and General Electric, how they could play such a wide range of soul music 
and like also tell a story and it's on point they're all different style of djing but like i i really like that all of them take you through a journey so like i really take a lot of that in my curation um and they all do different styles that i can't seem to do still <laughs> like mars is scratching so great and dell's juggling so great dale's mixing it feels like a different song even though you know the song and jason palma and general electric they could just drop a beat at the right moment and wordplay and stuff and of course scratch bassett like scratch bassett is like mm. just full of energy and he's like full of knowledge of music and yeah uh, toronto just has like a really good amount of djs i was gonna say like, sandra <laughs> sandra reps the city hard because eh? i'm like yeah. <laughs> Yo, all she named was local cats, you know, <laughs> which are, yeah. they're all dope. So yeah. it's yeah. like, it's just like, wow. You know, um, yeah. uh, what about like, you, you know, um, cause I feel like DJing is similar to hip hop, right. Uh, where even when I came up, you know, it's like, I never really see a female DJ. Right. So, but within like, again, within like the last decade, I feel like the female DJ is more prominent now, you know, like you see people like Peggy Goo, uh, you know, so super Sam, all the selection people, right. There's a lot of big female DJs that's emerged in the scene. Um, why do you think that changed? Um, I don't think it, I think they've been around like for me, oh, yeah? especially as a, like a woman, I would see so many, female DJs and like it's it's not as like advertised I suppose because it's hard for us like it's it's hard for yeah, me too it's like those OG vinyl DJs like <laughs> they always be like they think I'm just like a little girl who's like with pressing buttons and stuff and then when oh, I play really? I play pretty I play pretty good compared to them <laughs> sometimes oh, <laughs> like yeah. um but yeah, and they, they get impressed and like I end up being I end up being in events and um flyers with them and I feel really like not only seen and respected, but like I feel really blessed to be even part of like people who paved the scene um for DJing. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and the same mm -hmm. with women, I think like we have to try extra hard to even get past for them to come into the event and be like actually see them DJ. Because they right. just see, if they see a face and it's a female, they just like think it's like uh, it's just a female DJ rather than mm -hmm. a DJ. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And a another person that helps with the promotion of like, like women DJs and non-binary is Intercession. I think it's created by Chippy Nonstop, and Intercession is a collective of um, women and non-binary. DJs that help other uh, women and non-binary DJs to learn how to do events and how to mm -hmm. produce and anything music related, they will support and help you do that. And then in turn, they also promote your um, your events and help you with that too. So I think, and this is also based in Toronto, I suppose. Um, yeah, so it's like it's a very supportive group of people, and I, I think with that community, we started noticing more because everyone's sharing each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that might help. Social media just helps a lot 
I think that's like another reason why we see it more. Mm-hmm. And mm. yeah, yeah, it like it's it's being a woman is hard in any yeah. male dominant scene. But do you <laughs> notice? Do you notice like um, an increase in interest from girls? Because you know, even in, in b boying, um, like on a global scale. There's way more B girls now, and they're like pretty dope nowadays. You know that the level, like they they've caught up to males, right? In terms of the level, and there seems to be more of them. So it means that more girls are getting into it. They or or they're interested in it. Do do you find that with uh, DJing? Yeah, like again, this is me like just amping up on social media and how amazing it is because once you see another person that looks like you um, to be like, I, I'm allowed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of the wholesome moments I remember was DJing in real life at AGO for a family day event. And it was like just with uh, Flow Her Collective, um, they're a house, uh, all-female house um, collective and myself DJing. And in the end, a bunch of girls came up to me and was curious what I do. And like, they were like, do you want to do that? And yeah, it was, it was super cute. And it just made me feel like all of a sudden I like realized how much of an impact just as like an Asian woman um, doing this. And that's why representation matters. Right, Kyle? Right, Kyle? (laughs) 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 Now, you mentioned earlier that, you know, when you get hate from these, like, you know, so-called vinyl DJs. Oh, geez. You know, um, I saw a little, 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 little spark, little switch go off, the little swag. I saw yeah. the little swag from Sandra. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, Yo, man, you know, like, you got a little b-boy in you. You got like, yeah. you can't, you can't fuck with this right here. Uh, how, so in terms of DJing, how do you start developing your own style and sound like what does that entail it's that's a complex one too because it depends on the situation so it's like Mm -hmm. for battles i feel really good in terms of like the feedback i get i suppose like just Mm -hmm. seeing how someone does really well in their rounds and taking them through that um and like just seeing them really get amps because they look at you and give you a stank face <laughs> and like you chose the the perfect song for me to rip this person <laughs> um, yeah. and the same with the other person too like they feel amped as well um so it's like that is one of like my pushing factors of how i prepare um so like usually when i'm i make for a battle it's like i i prepare for like three days and making sure that i have music for every single style even though if there's no poppers at all that comes to the event, I am yeah. prepared for a popper to like come <laughs> into the event. Um, so that's like for battles. And then when it comes to parties, especially if I'm like opening or just right before a headliner, I want to make sure like it's like crisp. So like I I curate a story of some sort, depending mm-hmm. on how, how much time I have. Um, and I would practice that a couple of times. And then when it comes to in real life, I have that story and also some backup just in case someone else plays my music and I don't want to like double them up because not only I have to worry about that 
because of etiquette, but like et- yeah. etiquettes, but like also for as a female DJ, like I can't mess that up. Like any yeah. any kind of mess up with like an all boys club, like they're going to slap with like typical female DJ, like oh. not not just a DJ. Yeah, that is a noob, but like a typical female DJ. Like I feel right, like I'm right. representing a whole community if Damn. I mess up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that too much though? Is like, oh, is yeah. it fair? No, yeah. it's not for sure. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm much younger than most in these kind of um, lineups, so it's also I I feel like if I don't step up, that the next opportunity will be harder to get. Um, and I also like from OGs, they tell me about like back then, if you mess up, you probably won't see a gig for a very, very long time. So like that's instilled mm. in me too. That's well, it's now, <laughs> it's funny now you say this cause you know, uh, you made it sound like, oh yeah, it's so wholesome. It's so supportive, <laughs> but it sounds like, nah, it's like pretty competitive too, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean for it, the you, DJ part, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds but- like you have that competitive spirit, you know, it's not just rainbows and butterflies you know sometimes you know you gotta go in for that kill you know <laughs> yeah 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 it definitely feels like something's on the line when it comes to um bigger scale events or like representing something um back to like you know the technique and the style um what are sort of things that you think about like say if you're going head to head with another dj you're not really battling but he's djing and then you're you got the set after him right Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, I gotta smoke this guy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, how do you how do you do the smoking? You know what I mean? Is it like is it like, oh, he played this track, I'm gonna play this track. Yeah, you is know, it like is it like or yeah, like is it song technique? selection or is it like like what what's what's going through your head? What's the process like in that situation? Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's nice that you said after a DJ. Because like if it's at twelve a.m. to like three a.m., I could go as weird, and I think that like gives me a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so also yeah, it's like the curation and also making sure that I don't play their song. But I often play really like pretty intricate, like either like selections you never hear because I do really deep digging, or I play like a song that is like really old but not a lot of people play it that much anymore um so those are usually like my arsenals i suppose mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but then there's also like situations where i'm opening for someone um like really early on and i still want to impress them but not mm. in a way that disrespects that the time of i'm in so like if i'm opening right. i shouldn't be outshining and also i shouldn't be tiring out and impressing the people who are just coming in because you want them to stay like there's oh, there's like a little yeah there's an art of like opening because you want them <laughs> enough to drink and socialize but not like get drunk okay yeah, yeah. so there's an art so to there's that. there's dj etiquettes yeah you know you gotta you, there's uh you gotta be considerable to other djs of the night you know do you ever get that asshole that's just selfish and like nah nah i just want to shine so they yeah. play all the bangers in the intro is that what you're saying is that what you're getting yeah at? Like yeah they just play exactly. all the bangers and it's just like dude it's like eight o'clock right now man <laughs> yeah and it, it does actually like it hurts the night for all of us because um people leave and then 
because they're they're ready to go to the next bar, especially since oh. Toronto's a bar culture. Um, and it's not like yes, they're they're playing really great. It's just like, but the thing is, like this is all this is for all of us, not for just them to shine. Um, and yeah, I would never want to do that to someone who like invited me to be an opener mm. and like they're not staying around because I want to stay around yeah. for the now, headliner. Yeah. Now I have a question. So referring like those bangers that they play right away to like <laughs> get the crowd going. So what are those some bangers that you can think of under the top of your head that when they play it, like, oh, you know, why are you doing this already at eight o'clock? Like how come you're getting them all so effed up, but it's only eight o'clock. Yeah. What like, are what's those the bangers? Art, like? What's the art of opening? Like what, what kind of music are you playing in the opening set versus like the hype hype times of the nights what's the difference um it's like playing any song that's like encouraging drinking i suppose <laughs> like like or like whining i suppose like it depends like if okay, you're okay. not playing the 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 season's best songs like you're what's not playing a drinking song can you can you give us oh, an example that yeah. maybe me and kyle would know um Oh my gosh, you're putting know, me on like, the spot. I like, wonder what's, the... what's a song I hear? I'm like, oh, I need to take a shot right now. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's hard to say because it's also the pandemic. And like, if oh, I say a true. song, it's just being, it's an old song now. But like, okay. Um, I don't know. It's like a Biggie song. Well, now Biggie's like an oh, opener okay. song too. Yeah. And like, oh. um, like, if you were to play an open format song, you're playing the dance hall songs at the beginning when mm-hmm. I feel like dance hall songs are more like at 11 to one. Mm, um, yeah. And like, you're not ready to go up to a, a girl to yeah, wide with them yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're too, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting that you have to take in consideration like the room you got to read the room right you're Mm. like okay are these people they're probably like one drink in right what do you want to hear when you have one beer like you got to think of it like that is that what you're saying yes yes like and Mm. and then like later or not oh these guys are trash i gotta play this song right here that gets them in that mood to go wild right now is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah and then people would either look up and be like i'm not ready for this yet or they will be like okay it's that time let me buy like 10 shots right now um mm. yeah so it's like you get those kind of wow. things i yeah. never thought about it like yeah that. that's the first time yeah. i've been getting this perspective so it's very mm-hmm. interesting you're it, it must feel very powerful you know in a way because you're like kind of you're kind of like conducting the mood in the room you're like all right i'm gonna make everybody horny right now by playing this jam yeah. or yeah. like i'm gonna make everybody like laugh and feel good right like yep. do, do you feel that kind of power oh yeah for sure that's what <laughs> makes it so amazing that's what djing is like yeah. you you have the control of either making someone like go home with someone <laughs> that oh. night or you're you have that control of making yeah. them feel like even like they want to stay to um feel the song that is making them have a relevation of some mm. sort yeah um yeah so with that said, then like, you know, you, you know, you talked about the, how you love like the whole online situation. Like, aren't you missing that with oh, yeah. the crowd? Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. like, I already have some events that I'm just want to, to do again or mm-hmm. like 
yeah, like I, I'm, and it helps that there are DJs that are connecting with me and, and I could talk to them or like feel like I am kind of talking to somebody in the chat, but mm -hmm. it's not the same. It's not, yeah. it's definitely yeah. can't be replaced. So with that said, how have you been keeping yourself, have you, how have you been like keeping the creative juices going during the pandemic? Uh, yeah well yeah it's definitely plants and <laughs> I, i'm someone like who likes to take on many projects i'm i'm that kind of person that is like uh -huh. a yes person and also just i find intrigue of subcultures like i i went back into yo-yoing or like oh, wow <laughs> yeah bro. it's like so it's like doing like yeah. the just looking at the competitions and intricacies of like yo-yo competitions and like yeah. i like displacing my mind in different things and then coming back to it okay. or like i i i made drawings of my friends again because i went to art school before and i i gave up i closed that that book for a while but then when the pandemic happened i was able to draw again and um and and then doing the whole twitch thing made me think about like how my overlay looks like so i just like dived into graphic design a little bit more mm -hmm. um and like doing, like I, I've always done graphic design, but I was able to have more time to do it rather than a time crunch mm. to like get it done by like a certain, get a flyer done by the day, this day. Mm. Um, in terms of like music, um, it's more like exploring old music. Cause again, I'm like more into soul, funk, disco uh, more. And like, it's, it's just like really nice to go into um samples and like arrows and stuff and just like talking about the history of things and also hearing it through twitch and you could hear other djs talking about records and stuff so i'm more like digging into history rather than the the art itself right um it's still i still find it really hard to to mix without or like inspired to be better at mixing without a purse like a, a specific event or for people yeah. Um yeah. I think that's that's my drive for like getting better at the craft although I really do want to get better at scratching. It just doesn't feel I don't have the drive for it, I right, suppose. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I feel with all the things that you're doing now, it kind of end up helping you with your craft anyways cuz you're doing a lot of stuff that could make you kind of oh feel inspired through other things. So I think regardless your your craft's going to get even better once mm -hmm. You're able to perform live again and at a club setting whenever that happens, and it's it's cool, so cool. I didn't not know this much about DJing, but now like yeah. wow, yeah, Crazy. yeah, yeah. There's like and it's there's so many routes you could go about it. Like, I everyone knows about scratching, but then there's something called tone play where you're you have pads and you make the song entirely new from like one one track to next transition. You can make it sound the same. Um, like you can make a sound, a song like Satisfaction go into like a, a Daft Punk song and like just by pressing buttons and mm. yeah, there's, there's so many ways of DJing other than, yeah. yeah. So where do you personally see yourself in the future? Like where, where do you want to take your craft or what, what are some things that you would love to do? Um, I did want to get well, like I said, scratching, but also the tone play thing, mm -hmm. mostly because I could transition to that with producing. Um, I, mm -hmm. I mentioned 
to Robin before I, I tried producing and it just doesn't feel like I could go past like a 16 count and then it's like okay what now like <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know after that and yeah. I maybe because I'm I'm more of a DJ where like the transition is between 16 count to 32 count and then the, mm -hmm. the song does the the job for me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah yeah so yeah I, I would like to produce sometime I just don't know if like my like inspiration spurs that to mm -hmm. get past that hurdle yeah wow um i mean we've gone into a lot of great stuff uh, i don't want to keep you for too long so why don't we tell the audience where's the best place to check out all your stuff yeah so my social handle is ice misto please um and you can find me on Instagram, Twitch. Um, I play on Monday and Tuesdays on my channel. And then I play on a different channel called Reactor Room on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it just basically, I said, playing house punk disc disco. Occasionally, I will have a pop-up every so often. And I would like do what's called a raid party with like Mars um, uh, of Bag, Bag of Tricks and Be Bad. Um, and yeah, um, I'm also on Facebook, but who uses Facebook now? <laughs> so yeah, Ice Misto, please. Awesome. And um, your plant page. Oh. oh, yeah. Ice Misto plants. I just planted all my balcony garden stuff. So you'll see a lot of that and also a bunch of fish too, cause I'm into aquatic planting as well. So oh, you're, wow. That's you're into, into that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Sandra makes my life sound so boring. You know, yeah. I, don't do, I don't do nothing, man. <laughs> There's the plants and no, alone. Like, you, not only are you growing plants with soil, you're also doing stuff with aquatic plants in the water, which you know, mm -hmm. it's crazy. And she's so connected with the city. With like, like, I feel like she's through more events than I've been to. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like she's like, oh, I've I've DJ. Oh, AGO, yeah, I've DJed there. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, I thought I thought you know at the beginning of the podcast. I thought it was Mr. Toronto, you know, but yeah, I I always I, thought you as Mr. Toronto. You it hard. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I, don't, I think I'm I've been dethroned. So I feel like I'm gonna have to connect with Sandra more. You know, maybe mm -hmm. after the pandemic, I'm gonna have to start going hitting up to these events, getting more into the to, to this kind of scene because it seems like I'm missing out on a lot. You know, but uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was uh, great talking to you, Kyle. Now. The audience, if you've been following me, you know, you know my boy here. You know, you I you you think I'm the host, but my boy here is the real OG podcaster. He's got he's got his own show that's like way bigger than Never Jaded right now. No, so we're, why, we're we're getting there. <laughs> we're, so we're why, getting why, there. why don't you shout it out a little bit? Where, where where can the audience listen to you? So yeah, I have a podcast called What Kind of Asian Are You? And you can find it on iTunes, Spotify anchor all the streaming platforms and look for it on instagram at what kind of asian pod mm -hmm. and for myself just find me on instagram at conrock c-o-n-r-o-c and also do not forget hit it hit the subscribe button man follow us on spotify or wherever you're listening to podcasts follow us on instagram never jaded pod you know what I mean? Show us some love. If you, if you like the kind of stuff that we're doing, you know, show us some love. Get our numbers up so we can, you know, use that as, as leverage. 
build our resume to get bigger and bigger, better guests. You know what I mean? But with that said, thank you again, Sandra. We'll have to bring you back on. Maybe we'll just do, do a plant episode next time, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for thank having you so me. Thank you so much. Peace.